Mark the tenth chapter, if you would, let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Mark the tenth chapter. I'm going to begin reading in the thirteenth verse. Let's all stand as we honor God's word. Mark the tenth chapter, beginning in the thirteenth voice and thirteenth verse, I'm sorry. Thirteenth verse. Listen to these words. These words says it all. It says a lot more than I can ever say today. And they brought young children to him, and he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said to them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. I won't be saying this today, but I'm going to say it now. That I think uh, a lot of babies that have been aborted are in view right here. So think about that for just a moment. He says, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God... As a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them in his arms, put his hands upon them, and, and blessed them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, God, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And that was a rich young ruler after he made that save. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you, Lord, for those that are here today. We're just thankful, Lord, that they're in the Lord's house, and we're thankful that they're serving you today. And, Lord, I'm just so thankful for that. I, I, I don't deserve anybody to come, and I know that, and I realize that, but... Uh, but I still, I still expect them. Lord, I thank you for everything. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The message here is titled, Bringing the Children to Christ. Bringing the Children to Christ. If I've ever preached a total expository message, this is one of them today. And you'll, you'll understand what I mean. But uh, bringing the children to Christ. One thing in this message we're not told. In this, in this text that we just read to you, we're not told. We're not told who brought the children to Christ. Who was it brought them to Christ? Now think about that for a moment. Who was it brought them to Christ. I like to think that it was the mothers and possibly the fathers, maybe the grandparents, maybe the uncles or the aunts. We don't know. It doesn't tell us who brought them. 
need to understand all that. We just assume sometimes that it was the parents that brought them. Maybe been somebody very concerned about them that brought them. Maybe been somebody that cared about them that brought them to Christ. It is said that those of the Catholic Church in many countries, that they bring their little boys to the teachers to have an imprint of the cross put on them. Are we so anxious that the gospel be preached to our children, both boys and girls? Are we so anxious to that? Are we so anxious? You know, I've seen a time when people try to keep their children away from the preaching of the gospel because they don't want them to hear the truth. I even had one person tell me several years ago, they said if children listen to it a lot, that it'll hinder them when they get older. Yeah. You, how do you think that makes a pastor feel? People have a lot of ideals about children being saved. Well, I hope some of those have been taken care of within the last few months when we had that precious little soul stand up here and sing. The gospel will not damage children. The preaching of the truth will not damage children. You know what will damage children? If you don't teach it to them. That's what will damage children. If you don't teach it to them. If you don't set them down and teach it to them. That's what will damage them. When they grow up and they go astray and you have talked to them, you have done what the Lord expects you to do. Sit down and talk to them and tell them. That's what I don't like about some of these counselors today, some of these psychiatrists and all these today. You know, first thing they'll do if, if a child goes astray, they'll blame it on the parents. The parents did it. The parents is the reason they've gone astray. The parents is the reason they don't do this and they don't do that. Well, that could be true. But then again, it may not always be true. Sometimes parents do teach their children. Sometimes parents do try to lead their children in the right way. The one thing we do know, that the gospel needs to be preached to both boys and girls. I have seen many over the years who would rather wait until the children are a certain age to hear the gospel. As we know here at LBC, this is not the case. We know very well this is not the case. Brother Robbie Jeffrey's mother, dear lady, dear friend of mine, she and I was about the same age. 
and she used to sit her children down. That's before Robbie's ever born. But she used to sit her children down and she would teach them, read the Bible to them and teach them about the truth of the word. I know that for a fact. I know that my wife, she used to babysit, and every child she babysit was taught the truth. Every day she would get her Bible out and she'd teach those kids. Some of them included her grandkids, but some of them were not her grandkids. Every parent that I talk to today that she babysat with, they tell me, they said, we're thankful that Rhonda sat down with them and taught them the Bible. Said, oh, they're all good kids. Sound like somebody lapping water. We know the Lord will save little children, we know He'll save older children. And we know he'll save adults. We know that for a fact. Without even, without even trying to prove it, we know that for a fact. I was saved at 22 years old. Some people might say, well, you know, you've been in the military and everything, you needed something. That had nothing to do with it. Yes, I had been in the military, and I'd gotten out except for they put me in a reserve unit for six years. No one took me to Jesus, but someone came to me with Jesus. My mother and daddy never one time ever told us kids anything about Jesus. My mother never took us aside and told us anything about the Lord. I'm going to say this, and it's, it's the truth, and... My sister and I talked about it a lot. Me and my brother has talked about it, even when we're able to talk. I never heard my mother or dad, either one, ever tell us kids, I love you. We weren't taught these things. The modern, this modern generation is so tied up in themselves that they have no time to seek the salvation of their children. Just get rid of them so I can go where I want to go and do what I want to do. Get them out of the house, get rid of them. So I can do what I want to do. I 
young lady called me. You boys need to listen. A young lady called me just about having tears in her eyes. And she said, my boys are coming home. Talking about Bailey and Jonathan. They're, going, they're all going to be moving out there with the Salters. You may think it's fine. You may think it's neat for me to do as I please with my children. But I'm going to tell you, people fail, and they fail dearly with their children when it comes to bringing them to Christ. Many testimonies have been given as to the influence of godly parents. Many testimonies have been given over the years. It was the, it was, it, it is said that the mother of Augustine, a secular philosopher, was saved at the urging of his mother as she spoke about Jesus of whom he abhorred. Augustine was a man that was against God. He was, a, he was an atheist. He knew absolutely nothing about God. And he didn't want to know anything about God. But it was his dear mother that witnessed to him about Jesus. You say, well, I don't want to preach or preaching to my kids. Well, then you better be preaching to them. That'll preach care. You better be preaching to them instead of just letting them do as they please, letting them go where they want to go, give them whatever they want. Expect them to grow up to be good Christian people. George Washington confessed that he owed his character to the influence of his mother, who was a dedicated Christian woman. I believe that George Washington was the one that said, never told a lie. A dying philosopher once prayed, God of my mother, have mercy on me. Would you, when you love to say, have your children say, God of my mother or God of my father, have mercy on me. Children who are kept away from the Lord are to be pitied. We know from the passage that Jesus loved children. And I'm going to say this, every child that's ever been aborted, Jesus loved that soul. I think that's what that passage is talking about when it talks about little children making up the kingdom of God. Wouldn't it be something? I, I don't know the number of kids that's been aborted, but it goes way up there in, in the millions, I would say. 
Are they the ones that's going to make up the kingdom of God? Or is it going to be our children that we brought in, that came into this world by way of us? We need to realize that children need to be saved. We, 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 we focus on growing up. Yes, I, I do believe that a man on his deathbed needs to be saved, but I think that's pretty late to be trying to seek the Lord now. I, I carry with me great regret and great sorrow because of people that I had opportunity to witness to, but I didn't say anything to them about the Lord. And I think of the Jimmy White. I've, I've told this story many times over the years. Jimmy and I grew up together. We were little boys together. And the Lord saved me. And I was talking to Jimmy one day. And I, I had witnessed, I thought, to every person that I had met in those days. I hadn't been saved very long. But I was talking to Jimmy one day, and I did not witness to him. And you know, him and his girlfriend went parking. I don't know, maybe Sam knows what that means. Him and his girlfriend went parking out in the woods, and it was cold. And they left their engine running, and they found both of them dead in their car. And since that day, I, wa- I went to the funeral and I looked in that casket, and I saw Jimmy's carcass in that casket, and I broke down and cried because I did not witness to him. How many people out there, how many of you got children you've never sat them down and witnessed to them? How many of you got parents that you never sat down and witnessed to them? How many of you got this and that and all these kin folks that you had never have sit down and witness to them? Well, I want to tell you, if you're sincere in what you believe and what you stand for, and they die and go to hell, it's going to it's going to haunt you the rest of your life. That's the reason everybody says everybody goes to heaven is because they don't want to haunt them. Let's remember, children are not such angels that they need nothing to do with salvation. The text for this message is very clear. They brought them to him that he may touch them. Oh, he touched me. What great joy flooded my soul. He touched me. As as. Has the Lord touched your children? You say, well, I don't know. I hope so. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. They brought them to him that he may touch them. They did not enable their children away from Christ, 
as it's done in this day, but brought them to him. The wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God is the same Savior for the children. It was the wonderful one, the counselor, the mighty God, who said, Suffer them to come unto me, in verse 14. Suffer them to come unto me. Bring the little children to me. You've got to have a deep down desire to see your children saved. I'll never forget a dear sister right here in this church when I told her right back there at the door that her two girls had just been saved. She broke down. Started bawling. Parents, let me beckon you to suffer your little children to come to the omnipotent one. Suffer your children to come by your own precepts and example. How awful it is to be the one who hinders them from coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had that said to me. My daddy and mama don't do it. Why should I do it? Oh, yeah, it's been said to me. I've been doing this a long time, folks. I've had a lot said to me, and I've said a lot. I've had some things said to me here lately that have broke my heart. It was my dear sister who used to come and pick me and another boy up, take us to Sunday school. One morning we didn't, we, I didn't want to get up. And my sister called and asked my mother, said, is Paul up and ready to go? We're going to come by and get him. Mom said, I can't get him up. Said, I've tried and said, I've tried and said, I've threatened to whip him. I've threatened to do, I was just 10 years old. Said, I've threatened to whip him. I've threatened all this. And my sister told my mom, said, don't you do Threaten him for something you won't do yourself. No, my mom and them didn't go to church. Well, yes, she she told my sister, said, I've threatened him and everything else to get him up to go with you. Suffer your children to come by your own precepts and example. How awful it is to be one who hinders them from coming. They brought young children to him, verse 13 says. They brought young children to him. Parents, this can only be done by your own praying and dedication. If you're not dedicated, how do you expect your children to be dedicated? The Bible says claiming the promise is unto you and your children, Acts 2 and verse 39. Claiming the promise is unto you and your children, Acts 2 and verse 39. Claiming the promises is unto you and your children. Acts 2 and verse 39. 
There were hinderers in the day of Christ. Listen to me. There were hinderers in the day of Christ. You'll say, well, there's none today. <laughs> Why were there those in the day of Christ? Let me tell you, who were the hinderers? I bet you there's people in here who could figure it out. Right now, I bet you they could figure it out. I bet you if some women in here could talk, I bet you they could tell me who it was that hindered them from coming. His own disciples. His own disciples. Now you think I'm not like that. His own disciples were the hinderers of those children coming. What was it they said? His own disciples rebuked those that brought them. You shouldn't have brought that child up here. He doesn't have time to deal with them. No. You the one don't have time to deal with them. Because you got, you got so many irons in the fire, you can't set your children down and tell them about Jesus. I never seen so many irons that people have in the fire now. Folks, I'm just an old preacher. Gonna be leaving here someday. Maybe soon. Maybe not. But I'm telling you, I'm the type of preacher that I want to say publicly right now. I want one of my girls to hear it. The other's not here today. And my wife to hear it. I don't want a funeral. I don't want an obituary. I want to be put in a casket and put away wherever my body goes. Y'all see, y'all get that? My wife already knows it because I've already talked to her. People will flock to the funeral of a dead preacher when they won't even come to church to hear him preach. Let me tell you, folks, I'm not being cruel when I say that. I'm just being what I see and what I know takes place. Somebody asked me one time, who you going, who, who they going to get to preach your funeral? Nobody. I've got preachers, even preachers right today that will deceive you and deceive you and deceive you until you get to where you don't want to talk to them anymore. Don't ever think that even those who claim to be saved can also be the hinderer. His disciples were. They said, don't bring them. He don't have time to mess with these little children. Well, let me tell you, I got time to mess with them anytime you bring them for me to present them to Christ. I've got time to mess with them. How in the world can, how in the world can you not have the sympathy that you have for children when these little ones like Abram or Pashi down through here, just run as high as he can, hmm? look up at you and grin. How in the world can you resist that? 
How in the world can a parent resist that? Jesus said himself of such. No, no, let me go back up here. I'll jump down the paragraph. Those who stand in the way of any, especially children, serving the Lord don't really know the love of Christ and are by cold and indifferent heart out of tune with the saving grace of our Lord. Christ who said a man's foe should be those of his own household. Did he not know what he was talking about when his own disciples was hindering them from coming to him? He knew what he was talking about. Yeah, his disciples was of his household. Oh, you never thought about that, though, did you? All you thought about was this preacher was preaching against some of your family. No, Jesus was preaching against his own family. Listen, folks, don't listen to those who've already gone astray themselves when they advise you on how to handle your own salvation, especially the salvation of your children. People who have claimed to be saved and gone astray, then they try to lead others to Christ. How are you going to lead somebody to Christ when your life is not where it should be? You're not going to lead your children to Christ. You're not going to lead anybody that you meet to Christ if your life is not what it, not what it should be. I don't care if the person is a preacher or not. What is wrong with this society of Christians? Jesus answered that question. He says, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter the kingdom of God. Verse 15. This is the answer that there are a lot who have received the kingdom of God on intellect alone. Or in other words, they believe there was a good thing for them to advance their way in this world. They will feel the same way about their children when they get old enough to understand then they can be saved. Don't ever forget what Christ said out of the mouths of babes and sucklings. Who do you think sucklings are? Little babies that are still nursing. I, I, I just use little Abram as an example. That's what he's referring to. He's referring to these little children that 
that look up to you and they look for you for guidance. They look for you for leadership. And you can't get out of the world and you can't get away from the irons you got in the fire enough to set them down and teach them. You say, why? Well, you don't know what you're talking about, preacher. I do know what I'm talking about, too. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Matthew twenty-one sixteen. Jesus blessed the little children. He took them in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. He touched them. Oh, I pray that God will touch every child in this building. I pray that God will touch Jessica's children, Brandon's, everybody else's children. I pray God will touch them. Not, not just when they walk this church out. I, I pray God will touch them all their lives. That they'll see that it's a great joy to serve the Lord. It's a great joy to be in the house of God. It's a great joy. But when they don't see happy people, they don't think it's a great joy. How about you, men and women? Has Jesus taken you in his arms, put his hands up on you, and blessed you? It was Solomon who said, The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich. Proverbs 10 and verse 22. May God bless you today with true salvation. And that's my message. Let's all stand if you would. And we're going to sing a verse of song. I'm going to let you go.